The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The proceedings from the Senate confirmation hearings for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson still have much of the country anticipating the result. We are witnessing history as Judge Brown-Jackson moves closer and closer to a seat on the Supreme Court of the United States, the first black woman ever to do so. The last day of questioning, however, has had a few more noteworthy moments. Andrea Coleman, news director for the Black Information Network, returns for a third time to discuss these Senate confirmation proceedings. This is our daily story, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Welcome back, Andrea. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Ramses? I'm, I'm great. I'm excited to hear from you again. So let's start it off. Uh, what was the last day of the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court nominee Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson like? They were much calmer and shorter. So okay. the session lasted a little more than four hours and featured witness testimony, either in favor or in opposition of Judge Jackson's confirmation. So witnesses included a three panel or three person panel of the American Bar Association, uh, which again is just a voluntary organization of lawyers and law students, right? Uh, and they gave a report on an independent review that they did of Judge Jackson's qualifications. I think this is pretty standard and routine. They normally make these kinds of reports and assessments uh, for each nominee to the Supreme Court. So they spoke to at least 250 people who have either worked with Judge Jackson in some capacity in the past or could speak to her professional integrity. Uh, so they also looked at like public files of her writings and rulings and then gave her their highest recommendation of being very well qualified. That's how they phrased it, very well qualified, which is their highest recommendation uh, for someone or a nominee to sit on the Supreme Court. Uh, mm -hmm. Other witnesses included 10 guests, and they were invited by members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Each party was allowed to invite five guests each, and each guest had a few minutes to present their case either in support of or in opposition of Judge Jackson's confirmation. And to me, you know, their testimony really kind of just fell along party lines. So the Republican witnesses focused on issues regarding the need for Supreme Court justices to be tough on crime, uh, the, to see the Constitution as a foundation of all rulings, the need to protect free speech. Uh, and one young black Constitution attorney actually spoke on behalf of the Republicans, uh, and she spoke against critical race theory. And then they had a lady there who spoke about the impact of sexual crimes on the victims. And so they really kind of echoed and re iterated the points that the Republican committee members have been making uh, through the last couple of days of, of, of questioning. And then the witnesses in, or the witnesses in support, uh, who represented the Democrats, of course, uh, they were in, of course, in favor of Judge Jackson's confirmation. And they included a law professor who spoke to the strength of Judge Jackson's rulings and her qualifications. Uh, a childhood friend spoke of Judge Jackson's character, uh, a national president of the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives spoke of their trust and endorsement of Judge Jackson's confirmation. And this was big because, remember, the Republicans were trying to show her as being soft on crime. Uh, mm -hmm. So their presence there and their testimony affirmed up that she had law enforcement uh, support and an endorsement uh, going into her confirmation hearings. And she also, from what we understand, received an endorsement from the uh, Fraternal Order of Police, which is a big thing. Um, so that helped. And then lastly, the president of the Leadership Council on Civil 
civil and human rights also spoke on behalf of Judge Jackson's confirmation. Uh, and then lastly, Ohio Congresswoman Joyce Beatty also spoke on behalf uh, of the Congressional Black Caucus, which she currently serves as chair. And, and she was just an incredible uh, voice of strength uh, and insight and inspiration. She she did today what Cory Booker has done the, the, the past couple of days. Mm. Okay, very good. So, so overall, how does this last day compare with the others of the hearing? Well, for one, Judge Jackson was not in attendance today. Um, she reportedly was meeting with senators. Um, so she wasn't there. And so, uh, and also there were a lot of committee members who were not there. Uh, the Democrats had several members who were there. The Republicans, I think at, you know, maybe, maybe had, uh, four or five at times. Um, and so it was real interesting. And I don't know why they were there. I've been looking to see if I could find that answer throughout the day, but I haven't run across any, uh, any insight on, on what was going on. I do know the Senate was in session, so they, they could have possibly had meetings that they had to attend or so forth. Uh, so, but anyway, that that kind of, uh, that was one major change. Uh, and then as for the tone of the meeting, it was just much calmer. Uh, Republicans didn't try to make uh, as uh, an antagonistic uh, appearance today as they have in the past couple of days. They did try to make a few points, however, uh, but again, they just they just weren't as harsh and, and, and grueling uh, in their questioning. And of course, they were talking to these witnesses, so uh, it may have been different if they were talking to the nominee, but they weren't. So their whole demeanor was a little different. Uh, Senators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley were there. Uh, but again, they were just there really kind of to shore up some of the questions they had asked the nominee in the past. And I think really to make some political points if they could. Uh, and then most of the Democratic members, of course, they were there just to uh, voice their support again for the uh, the, the nominee uh, and then also make certain the points that they needed to make through their witnesses were made. Okay, very good. So, so what happens next? So committee members will meet to discuss Judge Jackson's confirmation. Uh, they'll take a vote to see if they will present her nomination to the full Senate body with full consent. That means, and not so much as full consent, but with consent. Consent means that they support that that confirmation uh, or the move to the confirmation and, and support the nomination uh, okay. or they will oppose it or they'll reject it. And so they will just make that recommendation to the full body and then it will go up for a vote before the full body. Uh, but that vote among the committee members will take place on April 4th. We understand that it's not binding. It really is just a recommendation. The full Senate can vote either way. Right. Uh, and then from what we understand or we've learned through uh, some of the media reports, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, uh, he's really pushing to get this vote before the full Senate, before the Senate breaks for its Easter break on April 8th. So things could move pretty quickly once, uh, you know, from here on out, we could possibly see her confirmed uh, within the next couple of weeks. Okay. Now, now, you mentioned that the committee could go either way. Has there been any indication of how the committee might decide in its final assessment? Not really. And, and remember, the committee is evenly split. 11 Democrats, 11 Republicans. So, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear or, or, or safe to say that all Democrats are going to be voting in support of. Um, and the, the question then would be, will any Republican committee members join them in that vote? Uh, I'm not sure. It's hard to tell either way. Uh, there were some Republican 
committee members who didn't seem as antagonistic as some of the other ones, uh, but that doesn't mean that they have their support. Uh, we also heard today, oh, Lauren, there was at least one media report that said a non-committee Republican senator had voiced his disapproval of how Republican committee members had conducted themselves during the hearings, uh, and that was Mitt Romney out of Utah. He thought that the questioning was off course. However, he did not say uh, that that meant that he supported Judge Jackson's nomination. He simply thought that some of his party members had gone too far. Uh, but it's that kind of those kind of comments that actually could help at least uh, help Judge Jackson appear maybe a little bit more friendly or, or more appealing uh, to some of the Republicans in the full Senate. But it, it's probably too early to tell. Hopefully we'll start getting some indication over the next few days. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Here with us discussing the Senate confirmation proceedings for Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson is my guest, Andrea Coleman, the news director for the Black Information Network. So, so what are people saying about the hearings? You know, I think for the most part, um, I've heard a couple of things. One, uh, that I think they were surprised at the, the tone of the meetings, the hearings and the questioning, that second day of questioning, that they became so antagonistic. Uh, almost to the point that Republicans were just repeating themselves um, and trying to, I guess, break some kind of uh, some kind of barrier or something uh, with the nominee. But one, the politics, the whole political overtone of the hearings kind of struck people as odd. And I think it echoed what Senator Cory Booker said. Um, but he said he hopes this isn't the tone, that they weren't setting a new standard where politics could overshadow the judicious process of the whole hearings, which is really the aim of understanding who is going to be sitting on that high court. What are their thoughts? Uh, what are their rulings? What has their whole judicial career been like? And getting an understanding of that and staying focused on those issues and not letting politics come in and come in and overshadow that. And so I think that's been the main concern. Uh, at times, I think people thought that the, the questioning became not only mean spirited, but was just almost uh, unnecessarily mean spirited, uh, where the harshness of it and the grueling had already they had already asked the, the questions previously, uh, and at this point they were just kind of bearing down in such a way uh, that it seemed really unfair. Uh, so it's interesting to see if that's going to play to their benefit or even possibly to their downfall. Sure. So, so in your mind, what are some of the highlights from the final day? 
Um, so, you know, probably several, and we've mentioned some over the past couple of days, um, but I think some of the major highlights for me, and I'm saying this from the Black perspective, right, uh, sure. was the display of the African-American story in such a positive light. Yes. You know, many of us were not around when the late Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall was nominated by then-President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1967. I mean, some of us were either toddlers or uh, possibly not even born yet, right? Uh, and so, we don't remember what the those confirmation hearings looked like or what that whole process looked like. Uh, and then the hearings of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas uh, was kind of overshadowed with the uh, Anita Hill incident. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but there were allegations of, uh, of, of sexual harassment on the job and so forth. And so it kind of became a sideshow. This was so different. What Judge Jackson allowed us was a glimpse into a full and complete story of an African-American story rooted in success. And so we got we got family from a multi-generational perspective that showed just this this line of progressive success through education, through hard work, through focus, uh, through through dedication. We got an up-close look at parental involvement and where it can take us. We got a reminder of the importance of the HBCU and its role and and how it has played such an incredible part and huge factor in educating Black Americans and how that set the foundation for the success that many of us are enjoying today. We got a glimpse of the Black woman's journey that's rooted and fortified in undeniable strength, determination, and self-perseverance. And most of all, we saw what I think is a beautiful example what another incredibly strong Black woman said, and that's former First Lady Michelle Obama. And I think we got an illustration of what she meant when she was addressing uh, the audience at the Democratic National Convention in 2016, when she said, when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. What Judge Jackson gave us was nothing short of grace and grit and poise in the midst of war, because what those Republican committee members did to her and the onslaught of just the and the 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 force and I guess the the termination they had uh, to resist who she was and what she stands for, but her determination and her ability to stand so firm and be so poised and keep her composure, uh, that very integrity and professional grit is what I think brought her to that seat and to this opportunity today. And what she gave us to me is a new standard of how we as Black women, as Black people, uh, we can stand and we should stand in the matter of the resistance that so that has become and has been such a part of our existence in this country. And so she reminded us that it's not over, uh, but that we can stand and we can stand with grace. We can stand with poise. And we can do our best and then let the rest come and, and, and take us as it may. And, and I'm hoping that's going to be enough for her um, to win the public's approval and the public support. Um, because anybody that saw her in the midst of that questioning would have to say that she was a woman of incredible grace and strength. Um, and she gave the best that she could. Uh, and now it's up to us to make certain that she, she's rewarded for that. I, I love it. I love it. Well, before we let you go, um, one more question. Now that the hearings are over, are there any lasting thoughts on the confirmation process and the value or lack of value confirmation hearings bring to it? 
you know, I, I think the proceedings were um, were very insightful. Uh, you know, it was a wonderful way of seeing how our system works, our political system and our judicial system works. It's a wonderful way of, of showing how the checks and balance that the forefathers of founders of this country set in place to make certain that one segment of the government doesn't overshadow and become too powerful against the others. Uh, I thought it was just a, an incredible dynamic uh, insight and look at that. And also, through the grueling questions and through the disposition of a few of those committee members, uh, kind of helped to understand why there's a need to make certain that these proceedings are balanced. It was a good thing that there were 11 members on uh, from each party on that committee. It was a good thing that we had a chairman over presiding over those those hearings that was fair, that that stood in the gap for that nominee to make certain those meetings were fair. Uh, and then on a personal note, uh, going back again to the Black experience, uh, the importance of having someone else in that room. There were times when those hearings got really ugly. And the people who were able to bring the greatest offense were the ones who understood her story and shared in her journey. That being namely the last couple of days, or at least the, the, the second day of the hearing and third day of the hearing, was Cory Booker, Senator Cory Booker. Uh, the first day he came in, the first day of questioning, he came in and he was very pointed and very direct and very inspirational in his disposition toward her. But what he did on that second day of questioning, when he he stood up and he so subtly and so eloquently yet diligently addressed the ugliness of that room. The tone had gotten completely out of order and he shifted that thing and he shifted it with love, with support and yes. through truth and honesty. And it was an amazing thing to see. And I couldn't help but think there's only been three African-Americans who ever sat in that, on that committee. And how important it was that in this moment, this historic moment, when the first black woman to ever be nominated for that position had to face the ugliness of some of those committee members, that there was somebody in that room, not only to defend her, not only to stand with her, but to even help remind her of who she was, mm -hmm. to stand with her in that. And then we saw that on the last day through uh, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, and her words, she came ready to speak on behalf of Judge Jackson, and she did it with clarity, she did it with poise, and she did it very directly to help America understand, not only America, but America, as well as those Republican committee members to understand that Judge Jackson didn't just arrive there, and she wasn't there because someone was trying to play nice. But she was there because she's qualified, because she's paid the price, and she could stand against the credentials. Her credentials could stand against anyone who's currently sitting on that high court. And those, those voices, that kind of support, that kind of understanding stood as a backdrop of all the other ugliness that was taking place. And it just helped to bring balance and understanding to what could have been a very unfair situation. I love it. I love it. Well said. Well, once again, thank you very much for your time and your insight. Our guest today is Andrea Coleman, News Director for the Black Information Network. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. Either way, history has been made. Either way, this is a win for Black women and girls. Either way, 
the ancestors have been honored. To see these proceedings play out in this manner and to see one of the most qualified individuals to ever be nominated to the Supreme Court withstand the fault finding, criticisms and attacks with poise and grace shows us all exactly what we can aspire to. When we first reported on President Biden's nomination, we promised that this country would be better for his choice. We promised some black girl magic. You've made us all proud, honorable Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we tell our stories with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.